Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started adam is the owner at height digital st louis with a focus on family growing people and delivering excellence in the interview adam shares his journey from sales to entrepreneurship influenced by his family of entrepreneurs and his competitive nature from playing sports he found a passion for entrepreneurship and despite initial challenges and doubts adam transitioned from corporate america to entrepreneurship eventually partnering with height digital and achieving recognition on the inc 5000 list now focused on growth and building a sales division adam emphasizes the importance of finding the right people and aligning with core values as his organization expands remotely He also highlights the challenges of training and maintaining high standards in a remote world. Throughout his journey, Adam has learned to manage pressure by staying grounded, prioritizing routines, and accepting that not every day will result in a victory. Hi Adam, and welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here today. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today, and for our listeners, can you start by sharing a bit of who you are and what do you do? Absolutely. So Adam McChesney based here in St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised here, lived here pretty much my entire life, married to my wife Delaney. We have our first kid, baby boy on the way coming here in September. So excited to be a dad here shortly. I run a full-service digital marketing agency called Height Digital, so I'm a partner over there. Uh we do everything from logo branding, web design, search engine optimization, Google Ads, Facebook Ads, all that good stuff. very unique model that we have started out as a franchise digital marketing agency kind of switching up our model a little bit right now but I've been with Hype for a little over 2 years we have 150 employees closer to getting closer to 200 over the next couple of months 700 clients clients all over the world at this point we were named the Inc 5000 last year at 868 and just trying to change the way that uh, digital marketing agencies help businesses grow and scale across the country I spent 
five years in medical device sales before I got into entrepreneurship, did entrepreneurship on my own for a little bit, have done side hustles, things like that. And then two years ago, made a little over two years ago, made the decision to merge everything with Height Digital and haven't looked back since. Wonderful. Congratulations on becoming a father very soon. Thank you. Uh, and before we go into what you do today, can you share a bit of your backstory and how did you got started? Like sales, entrepreneurship, where do the dots connect? Yeah, great question. So right out of college, I got into sales. I never thought I wanted to get into sales. I didn't really know what it was, I guess you could say, but found a passion for it and never really looked back. And so I started with a very small company here in St. Louis in the medical industry, then worked at a company called ResMed. So if anybody's familiar with CPAP equipment, it's the number one manufacturer in the entire world for that stuff. Made into $25 million a year territory and at a very young age and had made a lot of money, had really amazing benefits. I mean, ResMed was a phenomenal company, but there was something missing internally. And I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do in terms of entrepreneurship and run my own business, but I knew I wanted to do it. So I went to Google one night when I was traveling and I was on the road in my hotel room and I typed in how to make money online. And I came across like a whole slew of information about Amazon drop shipping, eBay reselling, everything. And then I got retargeted by an ad on Facebook that taught me how to build digital real estate through digital marketing. And so that's how I got into entrepreneurship back in 2018. I built 200 websites on my own before I ever actually sold one and just had a ton of experience and built that up on the side in medical device sales. And then in 2020 with the pandemic, saw an opportunity to go full time and yeah, haven't looked back since. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And where do you think this drive or this desire to do something big or something different was coming from? So I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, and even though I never really understood the ins and outs of their business, so my grandfather was an architect for as long as I could remember. My dad ran and owned multiple law firms. My grandparents own a bakery. I didn't realize probably how much of an influence that they had on me, and then mm -hmm. combine that with playing sports all my life, and then I played college soccer. I think entrepreneurship just has uh, a very competitive edge and it's a, a continuous self-development journey. So I find myself now that I don't play sports, I find myself going to entrepreneurship and business kind of as my outlet to continuously get better, win every single day and see how I can impact the world in a better way. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think also that analogy with sports, because it can give you that excitement, that high of a victory or not getting a victory also. So mm. I can see that analogy. Now coming back to your journey. So you started in COVID. Can you share how the journey has been? Maybe can you share maybe some of the ups or lows? Absolutely. So I think originally getting started, I thought running a business was all about sales. I thought if you could sell more, you can fix any problem in the business. So that's what I did in the beginning because that's what I was comfortable with doing. Well, then I started to sell so much, I realized I can't physically handle all of the work myself. And I got to a point about nine months into business where I had been doing everything that I thought I needed to do in order to actually have a successful business. I realized I just created a job for myself. 
was working 13, 14, 15 hour days and I was exhausted. I was burnt out. So I saw an opportunity to kind of merge everything with Height Digital, which was an emerging agency at the time doing a franchise model because I realized I don't think I had the ability to do all, to basically go back and fix all those mistakes. And maybe it wasn't that I didn't have the ability. I'm just the type of person that like, I want to condense time. So I would rather pay to be in the right rooms with the right people or pay to bring team members on to help me with the blind spots that I have in my business. So I would say probably the lowest of the low was literally going from corporate America to nine months into entrepreneurship. And I didn't pay myself anything because I was trying to reinvest in the business. I was trying to find ways to grow myself as an entrepreneur personally and professionally, which was a really good thing, but it was also kind of an ego like, hey, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Is this considered a failure? Like, why don't you just go back and work for somebody else? And then one of the high highlights of that was making that transition over to height, building a team and consistently building our client base, which has obviously helped everybody that's been involved. And then last year we were named to the Inc. 5000, which was amazing at 868. And we're continuing to grow and scale and then just being a partner now, you know, helping people all over the world grow and yeah. building up our team. That's probably one of the highest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned about ego, right? And and you also did a partnership now with with Height as you shared, right? So what lesson that that you learned or that you can share with other entrepreneurs about partnerships or compared to doing it going it solo? I love that question. I love it. So I think when I first got started, I thought, okay, in order to be successful, I have to have 100% of the pie, right? I don't care how small, how big the pie is, like I want everything. Well, then I realized like, I don't like doing a lot of things in business. I like personal branding. I like podcasting. I like speaking. I like sales. I like a little bit of marketing and all that stuff, but that's only like a little bit of the entirety of the business. You can hire people for those other things, but- they're not going to have the same ownership over those departments as somebody that's a partner in the company. So I own other companies as well to where I give equity out now to employees or have investors buy in because they have something that I don't. But in the instance of Height Digital, I realized I'd rather have a smaller piece of a much bigger pie, mm. find the right people, right? The biggest thing about partnerships is I've had one or two that have failed is you have to align on core values and they also have to have strengths in areas that you have weaknesses. You can't be the same exact person. You can't bring the same things to the table. Otherwise, you guys are going to be button heads all day long. But it kind of ties back to the ego of once I realized this about a year ago of, hey, it's okay to have a smaller piece of a bigger pie instead of 100% of the small pie. It was an ego-driven thing that I had incorrectly thought about because I started to get in rooms with people that were way more successful, had way more money, had done way more for the world than myself. And I asked, what's the difference? Started having conversations. These people own little pieces of multiple companies doing way more revenue than I could ever imagine. And they all started where I started with in that one little business, right? And mm. so there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place for a partnership, but you don't have to own 100% of the pie in order to be successful. 
Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a wonderful lesson for any entrepreneur or any leader who is listening to this. Can you share a bit now about about the future? What is your vision? Where what are your plans? Let's say for the next three to five years. Yeah. So right now we're really focused on the growth. So we have a growth department, which is basically our sales division at height. We've never really had salespeople outside of our owners and partners, which is crazy to think about because we have over 700 clients and we've done so well to that point. But in order for us to really compete on the level that we're at and continue to grow, we're going to have to build out a sales department. And so we have a really solid foundation, but that's one of the things that I am kind of owning inside the business is how do we build out a sales division How do we build out this department to be able to help impact more people, both on our employees and their families, but more importantly, impact small businesses around the world? Mm. Yeah. So you're not just growing like outside, but you're also growing your organization from the inside. Yeah, absolutely. What challenges or dangers does that present or that might lie ahead for you in the future? So anything that's new is always going to be presented as both an opportunity and a challenge, right? I think that the biggest thing is getting people aligned with the mission and with the culture. We do things a little bit differently. Our entire culture is family and faith first. And we focus on that specifically, our families, as well as the height family as well. And not everybody loves to do that. A lot of people love to put business first and it drives everything else. We want to reverse engineer that lifestyle, family, faith, all that stuff. So it's about finding the right people, which when you're building a sales department, usually it's easy to build the department with salespeople because a lot of people want to be in sales. They love the opportunities, things like that. But it's going to be tough, I think, to find the right people to help us build that division. And then once we find those right people and we build that culture within the department, we're going to be able to scale this to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And I think, so I want to ask you, right? So sales is, or like any kind of business development is very numbers driven. How do you manage the two, right? So what you said is wonderful, right? Faith and family driven, but how do you manage that with holding people accountable or making sure that you are delivering on your targets or all your numbers? Yeah. So I, I think it's about setting the right expectations. So it's core values first and then setting the right expectations. We are very understanding that life gets in the way and life happens, but we don't do that before making sure that we set the right expectations. Mm -hmm. So for example, hey, here's the KPIs of what we're trying to do. Here's how much we're trying to sell a month. Here's what we want our client churn to be at. Those are the two key indicators within our business. If everything aligns with those things and we hit those numbers, we're probably going to let those department heads run their departments as they feel fit. Some months that might be dealing with people that are in, out, what might that have, might be that we have to, you know, scale and hire more people. We're going to let them run their departments as if it's their own business. When those numbers don't get hit, though, that's when we're going to step in and dive in and truly understand that, hey, there might be something bigger where we need to jump in as owners, as partners of the company. And that needs our attention because those KPIs weren't hit. But we have to set that expectation first and everybody has to align with those core values. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. And you mentioned earlier, right, that you have like a hundred, 150 team members and most of them are working remotely, right? So within the organization, setting up those teams, making sure that all of those teams are running independently because now obviously you cannot be the one who is overlooking or over, overseeing all of them. 
what is the biggest pain point that you see as you lead and grow a remote based, but also a large and growing organization? I think it's training and keeping and holding the standard, right? Mm -hmm. So training in a remote environment gets extremely tough and keeping and holding the standard and improving on the standard equally as much. So we've invested a lot into our online training platform, both for our clients, as well as our individual team members. With that, keeping the standard, we continue to invest in our QA department. And we're putting more layers and more measures in the QA department as we go remote and continue to go remote. So that way we're able to keep the standard, hold the standard, and even improve the standard. But those are the two biggest things that any organization that's trying to go remote or continue to go remote and then scale remote needs to focus on because those are absolutely amazing opportunities, but they can become threats to the business very quickly. Absolutely. And no entrepreneur's journey is without the highs and the lows, right? So how do you manage the pressure? How do you manage those days when it looks like the whole world is like crashing upon you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I would love to say that I'm an expert at it, but I'm far from it. Uh, I think in the beginning, I was so naive to understanding the highs and the lows because it was so new to me. And I was just so happy to be an entrepreneur. My second year in business, when I really started to see the impacts, I think it was because I started bringing on more employees and I started to have higher overhead and all of these different things. So that's when it really starts to hit. When you're getting started and you fail in business, right? It might just mean that it just impacts you and your family. Like you can, it's not easy to sleep at night, but it's easier to sleep at night when other people's livelihoods are potentially on the line. I think just getting super grounded and understanding that like if you do everything that you were supposed to do that day and you still didn't quote unquote win, like something took over your day, then you can still sleep at night. I think routines and habits and structuring your day the way that it needs to be has been the biggest difference from who I was a year and a half ago to who I am now. There's more crap than ever that is coming on my plate. I was talking with somebody yesterday. I was saying, you know, new levels just bring new devils. The higher you get, the more impact you have, the more success you have. It doesn't get easier. You just get better at navigating those things. So I think a lot of it also comes with experience. Thank you for sharing that. Can you elaborate on the routines or the habits? Like what is it that specifically that you do that could also be very valuable for anybody who might be listening? Yeah. So for me, it's really around, you know, starting my day with exercise. So exercising, I also meditate for 10 minutes, read 10 pages of a book. I post on social media just for my branding standpoint. So I do that every single morning and then afternoon. I also read what I refer to as my champion's legacy. So it's a bunch of I am, I will, and I am not statements. And then I read my core values and then I read my daily routine to just repeat it to myself over and over again. And then I drink a gallon of water every single day. I tackle those things. Those I know I'm going to win the day at that point, no matter what ends up happening. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's there's some tremendous amount of wisdom in getting your body moving the first thing in the morning, meditation, like working on your mind as well as your body. And then those statements, I think I, I love that. Right? I think that's reinforcing the person or the kind of leader or entrepreneur that you want to be rather than letting you being dictated by the default or the pressure or the situation as it is unfolding. 
right? I love that how you create agency throughout your day and you start the day with that like the as the key priority. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And uh, if you could wake up tomorrow having any one ability or skill, what would that be? Ooh, that is a question that I have not ever been asked or at least been asked recently. I think for me, you know, the biggest thing that I would love is probably peace of mind. I think at times in my journey and at times throughout entrepreneurship, I have that like clear level peace of mind. But if I could just have that literally all day long, I would love the opportunity to do that because there's times where I might react because something comes on my plate or somebody reaches out to me, whether it's a client or a team member, and I'm in the moment, but I'm doing something else. Like really just having that peace of mind and mindfulness all the time would be phenomenal. Thank you for uh, highlighting that. But I want to go back to what you shared earlier, meditation, right? Do you think meditation helps in creating that? Or how do you balance, right, a practice which is intended to create the peace of mind? And now you're, you're sharing it as a challenge. Can you share a bit more about that? Yeah, so I've been doing meditation now for about six months. So I think it's a continuous thing, no different than going to the gym or entrepreneurship. So I'm much better with mindfulness and peace of mind today than I was six months or a year and a half ago. The two big things that I do for helping understand that is both peace of mind, or sorry, is both meditation as well as breathing exercises. And then also, you know, focusing on my calendar. Right. So part of the reason why I was all over the place for so long is because I didn't control my calendar, my calendar and other people controlled me and my schedule. Right. And then I would be doing one task and then I would be multitasking right here, right now. I'm just having this podcasting conversation with you. That's all I'm worried about now in this moment. When you start to try to think about multiple things that are going on or you're trying to do three things at once, like multitasking for so long. I thought because the world tells you that is a superpower, right? Mm. You should be bragging about being able to, to multitask. No, you need to be focused on one task at one time in the moment, living in the moment, and then it will help calm your mind when other things happen. Yeah, thank you for adding that. I think that's a constant challenge for any entrepreneur or leader or anybody with a big team or responsibility. And how mm-hmm. do you go through the day which requires many small things but still focusing on the one task at hand right? without letting your mind be distracted by what happened yesterday or what is going to happen let's say one hour from now yeah yes yeah since you come from the sales background and like an entrepreneurial family and you have managed to grow your business what advice would you give to any entrepreneur who is struggling with the growth part of it right who has started something who knows their values who have tasted some initial success but they're not they have hit a ceiling they are unable to take it to the next level. So start with the end in mind. And the end in mind isn't always a clear picture, right? So like, I don't necessarily know right now where I'm going to be in three to five years specifically, but I know enough of where I'm trying to go to know what I need to do today in order to get to that place. So many people don't understand it. They don't set goals or they don't set targets and reverse engineer what success looks like to them. So growth and success is a very generic word. What growth and success is to me and you could be completely different than anybody listening to this podcast. You have to define what success and growth and the end means to you and revert backwards and reverse engineer what you need to do today in order to get there. 
Thank you for adding that. I think I love that you can define your own definition of success because many times I see people victim of like, I need to grow this much because my friend is growing by this much or like the market is supposed to do this. But having those clear agency, I think again, is what is success for you? Where does growth comes in the picture? Where does family or that balance come into the picture and everything else? Like lets you deal with whatever is happening in a more like in a more fruitful or a more peaceful way. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for sharing everything that you shared and for doing what you're doing. And before we end, right, if anybody who is listening who wants to reach out to you or find out more about what you do or what are you up to, what is the best way for them to do so? Yeah, so you can head over to adammcchesney.com or you can find me on Instagram at Adam L. McChesney. That'll be the social media platform that I'm most active on and looking forward to connecting with anybody in the audience. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, your story with us and all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'll definitely continue to support you and I appreciate what you do. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.